So today my guest is Jared Rice, Executive Director of The Players. Had a wonderful conversation sitting down with him, talking about what it takes to run an operations like The Players, as he called it, a 200,000-person wedding. But also talk about the career path of getting to the spot of where he is now and the things that he's learned about business and about opportunities and a little bit about life as well. Jared's a personal friend of mine, and I'm so glad to have him on the show today. It was great having him on here. And because of listeners like you, we're now ranked in the top 10% globally, and we're also in the top 1.5% of the investment category on Apple Podcasts. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We got a great episode for you. I can't wait for you to hear this one. Welcome back to the What's Your One More podcast. I am joined today, not by my co-host, but a phenomenal guest that I'm super excited to be on the show, Mr. Jared Rice, Executive Director of The Players. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me on. Excited yeah, to do we're it. excited. You are a busy man, by the way, You know, to get you into this room here. And by the way, this is right after the TPC, which I think is probably like your Super Bowl week. Been very, very uh, grueling. We talked a little about that pre-show, but uh, you know, you're making a stop by right before you head to the Masters here. So I appreciate that. No, ha- happy to do it. Glad we could finally connect. Um, you say Super Bowl. I've also described it as a 200,000 person wedding. So there's, <laughs> there, there, there's another way to look yeah, at it. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that, you know, and then going to it the last, you know, eight years or so, it is exactly yeah. that. And you guys put on one hell of an event and well, I can't you. wait to thank talk you. about that here. And, you know, again, just thanks for being on the show, joining us in the studio today. It's, it's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Great. Glad to be here. Excellent. So, you know, I look at your position and I kind of like try to go backwards and we met years ago, you know, our wives connected us mm-hmm. uh, through, through our kids at Little Jim. And, you know, I remember some of the things you were telling me and, and you've, you know, when you graduated University of South Carolina and me being a Tennessee guy, uh, it was, uh, it was really, uh, not a great, not a great first, not meeting. a great first meeting. Right. <laughs> okay. But I think we hit it off because my grandparents went there and I was like, you know, I do have a connection. Uh, ironically, you were the first person to text me after Tennessee lost to South Carolina this year. So, ironically, yeah, it was a great photo of you and the family there. At the, I wasn't rubbing at the it sandstorm in. letting exactly. you know, great environment. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, it was awesome. Thanks. Oh, and we also lost our quarterback that day too. So, but that's not your fault, but you'd congratulations on the victory. It was pretty so, big. you know, but you, you graduated University of South Carolina and you've been in sports all your life. I mean, some sort of sports marketing all your career at this point. And you started with, you know, uh, Anaheim right out of, right out of, uh, and it, with Anaheim, it was with the Ducks and with the Angels, correct? Right. Yeah. And it was, it's, um, sometimes I've been asked this question is like, you know, how, how'd you pick it? And you, right. f- and you feel like people say, all right, I want to be in sport. I, I love sports and I want to make a career out of it. And, um, I, and again, this wasn't necessarily a, a, a taught or learn. I mean, um, we don't have to get into nature nurture. It's only, you know, 90 seconds in, we don't have to get into nature <laughs> yeah. nurture here. But yeah. um, I, I knew right away that I loved the idea of fandom and that really hit me. I, I was, a, I, I played high school sports. Mm-hmm. I um, had a cup of coffee in college, um, you know, was always connected to it, but I loved how um, it, it brought people together um, and, you know, some of my you know, best memories of, you know, with my, my dad and my family were around a Boston Bruins game. I still, I, again, I can tell you exactly where it, what <laughs> happened, where it was and why. Yep. Um, and so it, it always felt like something that I wanted to be involved in, in not only for um, making memories for, you know, fans, um, but also to see what it could do for communities. And, um, you know, again, not disparaging other industries, but I just love the idea of, all right, this is something I can really get behind yeah. passionately and uh, just went for it. Well, so. sports are the ultimate uniter. You know, it unites people together yeah. of 
all walks of life. Yeah. It brings you together to cheer for one commonality, yeah. uh, whether it's the team you love or not. I think we had Damon West on the show. He sat here and, and he talked about a moment where in his, and in his time is that he's like, sports is the ultimate united. Like I had to use that to unite yeah. some people. And that's kind of, you know, what you're describing there. Well, well fan is short for fanatic. There you and, go. you know, again, what, um, again, for your listeners, uh, you know, again, they're fanatical about their certain lines of business mm-hmm. and, and, you know, yours has been very, very successful. That's, that's awesome. And um, like you said, sports has that unique unifier that uh, that can bring people together and and uh, be pretty exciting. Yeah, no, it, it, I couldn't agree more. So at so, Anaheim, when you were with the Ducks and you were with, um, uh, I think the Anaheim Angels, which yeah. another connection we had. My wife's from Anaheim area; she's oh, yeah. from the Los Angeles area, so it was kind of interesting. But uh, you had, I think, you were really big into the fan experience early on mm-hmm. there. You know, whether it was puck night, whether it's bobblehead night. You know, <laughs> I've heard a couple of these stories. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. So, but uh, you know, I mean, you you did some things right out the gate there that just kind of talked a little bit to what you're or spoke to what you're a little bit talking about here. So, I think for. Um you know, looking at that, it, it, and again, there's there's career pathing, and um, you know, to me, the kind of takeaway is um, choices and balance and taking risks and getting outside of your comfort zone. Um, I had a, an internship with the Boston Celtics, which was great. Um, you know, again, it was a it was an hour and a half commute for a free internship, and you know, I got through that, and I said, all right, if I if I can get through that, yeah. um, I'm I'm in. <laughs> and in the case of the Ducks and the Angels, I had some opportunities to get back to Boston. We're, you know, north. Um, I grew up north of Boston, um, work in the agency world, but um, taking a risk and seeing uh, the Walt Disney Company, mm-hmm. which is you know an incredible organization related to experience and service. Um, that they they were the owners of the Ducks and the Angels at the time. And I said, all right, well, what better way to learn how to really, you know, again, build a great experience right. and um, take a risk. Never yeah. never been to California before, really, and um, kind of drove out there sight unseen and um, worked out pretty well. Yeah, being an original Boston person, you actually have the right to be like, Patriots, yes, <laughs> yes I've been I do. waiting on this all my life. That's correct. You know, because that's uh, there's a lot of wagon fans. You are not one of them, by the way. Steve Grogan, don't get me started. That don't was the first. That was my original favorite quarterback. Oh, so. so yeah, you, you have the right to, to to cheer for all the the championships there and be excited yeah. about that. So uh, Anaheim, and then left Anaheim to go to Detroit. Spent some time up there in cold Detroit. It is cold. It is an extra special kind of cold too. <laughs> yeah. um, Again, not not dissimilar from that first choice is went out for a marketing role, um, fan experience. Yes, mm-hmm. I was you know shooting t shirt cannons. Or I was driving a, a giveaway car on the ice. Um, I got a funny story about that too. Anyways, um, but um, really again developing fan marketing programs mm-hmm. and started to get into selling a little bit. And I realized that um, you know there's kind of two tracks, and, a, and again this may transfer beyond sports. Is um, you know. You can be the person that spends money, you know, marketing, uh, cre- you know, create and generate demand. That's those are all very important things. And then there's the person that can go out and bring in revenue. Um, leans on those marketing experts, but mm-hmm. uh, you know has a demand creation responsibility, and then convert and bring business to the organization. And that was the path that I said, all right, if I'm going to have this, you know, career or well-rounded career, I need to learn how to sell. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I moved to Detroit to do that. Okay. Um, very cold, oh, uh, especially in February. Yeah. Um, but I think what was most interesting there is I learned about how to move the sale forward. And okay. that was a big takeaway for me is there was not a, a you know, a tremendous amount of sales, uh, it was a family-run organization, so it was you know first day. Uh, there's the office and a phone. Literally, uh, there wasn't sales training. There wasn't uh, you know the the internet was still kind of new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm dating myself yeah. here, um, and 
you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, you know, my supervisor uh, was a, um, you know, uh, had, had just, you know, his, his last job was he had a career in, uh, you know, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange. So it was not a traditional, you know, sports seller. Right. So I was kind of left on my own to kind of figure it out. And um, that was my big takeaway from from selling is how do you get to that point where, hey, I think we've got something here. Mm-hmm. And as a seller, how do you take it to the next step to closure? Yeah, it's I think, that last five yards, right? Yeah, and I think in the corporate world, you know, what I've heard is the closest to the sale usually keeps the job. Correct. You know, because if you're out there learning how to produce and how to sell, you're yeah. a valuable asset that's not going anywhere. You're an yeah. income producer. Yeah. And so I think that was a super smart move and take on your behalf as yeah. opposed to the buying, marketing right. and buying leads. And I mean, both, I mean, listen, they both have, you know, there's certainly um, uh, a need and a, um, a result from both of those. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, looking at the long-term smart um, you know, aspect of uh, sports, being able to create revenue is going to be important. Yeah, no, and I think uh, when you moved to Detroit, especially with the Red Wings, did you have to learn Russian? <laughs> I mean, because some of those players' names where the vowels uh, are all lined up in one Konstantinov, name. Larionov, <laughs> yeah. Lichstrom, I mean, I got them all, trust yeah, me, I know. It's like, man, and Dominic Koshik. Yeah, and they were loaded, man. They were a dominant team for many years up there. They ran the whole NHL for a while. So um, my timing was not fantastic. Okay. I was in between Stanley Cups and had a lockout. Um, oh, man. But don't feel bad. Um, <laughs> again, it was, as you, as you think about some of these, I'll, I'll, I use the word perseverance quite mm-hmm. a bit, and it's been something that's part of um, my life for, for some time um, to, you know, break through and to get through and to, you know, figure these things out. Uh, we were talking pre-show a little bit about grit, and I think that's, um, you know, put yourselves in a position to, you know, figure some stuff out. And, you know, having a lockout at a you know, family-run business in Detroit, um, had only been there a year, and you don't have a product to sell. Yeah. Okay, you're showing up to work the next day. You're wondering whether is this still going to happen. So, being able to put myself out there and say, raise my hand, hey, I'll you know, I'll sell group tickets. What do you want me to do for the Tigers? Mm-hmm. Um, family owned both both organizations. Uh, Fox Theater. I'll go learn how to sell the Rockettes. Like whatever. I'll, they just put, mm-hmm. put me in, Coach. I'll do yep. whatever. Um, so even though that was again didn't get a ring, um, didn't see a parade, yep. but um, still was a good experience. Well, you know, and I think that says a lot because you know, as a lot of companies have really gone through, let's say, some downsizing over the course of the last year. Sure. You know, one of the things I think that I've always looked at is how do you how do you make yourself more valuable to an organization? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you just described. You know, at a young age, you're like, you know what, I'll go sell tickets to the Rockets. I'll sell group. Pay over to the, the Tigers, yeah. whatever it takes, yeah. like put me in, I've got talent. So, Well, um, I, sh- I know we're shifting gears here a little bit, but I, this is a favorite one. So when I'll, I'll, I interview folks, um, especially junior people, mm-hmm. um, you know, love the resume, but, you know, I just kind of like, why, do, why, do, why are we here? Why are we talking? Right. Why, do, why do you, you know, why do you want to be part of this team? Uh, and beyond that, you know, just encourage them, especially at a junior level, we're not hiring you to be the CEO or the commissioner. Now, someday, now if we're if we're going to be a good fit, we'll put you on a path to get there someday. Right. Um, but those those what I'm looking for is those attributes of being dependable, being committed. Um, you know, raising your hand to ask for more. You know, sometimes just being around. Correct. Um, you're going to find opportunities that come to you, and you build a brand as being a dependable person. Like. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad you. I'm so glad you brought this up because you know there is. A it wasn't time, on the script, but I had it to was go. on the script. I'm, I love this, by the way, because I think this is gross for all organizations. You know, I am known in our organization in our industry for hiring people right out of college, a, a younger generation who I think is extremely talented. Um, but I will tell you that there is this notion that you described that's like, hey, listen, there is a there's not a disconnect. I don't want to say that, but there is this this level of thought like. 
you're right. I'm not hiring you to be the CEO. That takes time, right? And when you can point to someone that goes, and that person's been here 15 years, yeah. right? You've been here 15 minutes. You know, it takes time. There's a path, right? And I think that is important because sometimes I always joke. I'm like, you don't go from delivering truck or being a delivery guy at FedEx to being Fred Smith. Right. It doesn't happen. Right. Not like that. I've told time. I've told my 16 year old, um, you know, a couple things. Um, interview, well, three things. Interview the interviewer. Mm-hmm. Number two, love that one. Remember who. Remember, you know, as you are looking at that person, think about how they got there. Chances are, again, I'm dating myself. That's all right. You know, um, probably looked up a phone number to get their first, uh, you know, remember that? Yeah. Um, a phone book. Um, <laughs> I, again, I'm not saying like you got to just, you know, go, you know, real old school here. Right. But respect and, and have some presence and acknowledgement of how that person got to be in their position. Mm-hmm. They didn't Google it. That's correct. And then, you know, third, this notion of, you know, those entry-level positions are, you know, GPAs is great. Um you know, all the, you know, the, 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 you know, the job history is fantastic, but it really comes down to, can you be dependable? Do you want to be here and why? And in our business, you know, loving golf and wanting to play golf is not the answer. Oh, there it is. So for those of Love you it. that are listening, yeah. <laughs> there's your first tip. Yeah. We're not looking for Anyways, a fan. Uh, We're not looking for I'm a not fan. looking for a golfer. Yeah, we got for plenty a of those. Person, right? Anyways. Yeah, no, this is great because I think that the, the maybe if I'd add a, I love those. I'll add a fourth one to it and, and dating myself here. Uh, my father-in-law was a director at FedEx okay. and um, they bought a company called Flying Tigers. And, mm. and so Flying Tigers, you probably know that. Oh, yeah. He was a director at Flying Tigers. They moved him to Memphis, culture shock for their families. They went from the West Coast to Memphis, Tennessee, and, and he was a director still. But he always told me, he said, Quentin, no matter who you interview with, the next day, no matter what it costs, drop an overnight thank you card. Put the thank you card in overnight, and it will hit their desk. And here's the thing. It will make it past the guard gate. The keeper will have to put it on their desk because it has that person's name and it's overnight. When they open it up and they see this thank you note, they're going to be like, dude, this person really wanted me to have this and look at the initiative they took to get it in here. And he goes, it will scream. It will scream, holy cow, this dude's on it. And Especially I it now. Them. Especially now. It had, oh my it, three or four sentences. And if that person's like, all right, um, they bought a stamp. Like, where do you even, I mean, that's effort. Right. Anyways, so no, spot this, on. This, Love this, it. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. So the transition out of yep. Detroit made your way over to uh, the, the marketing side of things for the tour. Yeah. So um, good question. So uh, we, we went to Detroit uh, for, for my wife, who I know you know well. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in the automotive advertising business and was uh, in a position to lead up um, the great Lincoln Mercury. It's a great place to be. So she was in the uh, Y&R companies. Mm-hmm. And so um, had done that for about three years. And was like, okay, where, where, where do you want to go? And, you know, let's start a family and figure all that out. As great as Detroit and the suburbs are, and they really are it, it is a fun place to be. Although I think it's you know, reputation is maybe a little overblown and right. you know outside that area. Anyway, so um, I knew I wanted to work for a league at that mm-hmm. point. So the idea of league business, um, league level, you know, commercial opportunities uh, was something that I wanted to pursue. So I interviewed with the NBA, NFL, um, PGA Tour for opportunities that uh, were in were in New York. At least I thought they were yeah. in the case of the tour. <laughs> and um, fortunately, one they said um, we have this opportunity in Ponte Vedra, which at the time I couldn't pronounce. Or even find, I, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even find. How many times Ponte did you mess Viedra? Yeah, Ponte Verde. How many Verde. times have you messed that up? I know I did when I first got here. Yep. So, so made your way down here to Ponte yeah. Vedra, made your way and started in sales in 2010, right? Yes. Yep. And so selling, basically marketing what you've been doing at this point, uh, basically 
corporate memberships, yeah. corporate sponsorships, excuse me. Sponsorships. And then, um, you know, selling merch and selling, you know, experiences at that so, point. Yeah, it was, it's a, it's again, it's a pretty unique model from a, from a, uh, a league perspective. Mm-hmm. So I supported a person who was our lead salesperson selling title sponsors, FedEx, mm-hmm. St. Jude Championship is one, uh, and official marketing partners, um, you know, the official blah, blah, blah of the PGA Tour. Yeah. We have 65 of them currently. So Just did, a few. D- did that and, um, you know, ultimately moved into a licensing role. So it was, you know, again, putting our mark on things. Yeah. It was an opportunity to kind of own an area of the business and um, did that on our uh, for about four or five years before moving to the players. Yeah. And then, then 2016, you become the executive director of the players. Yeah. And man, world changes at that point, I imagine, because it is all hands on deck. And when does planning for something like this? I mean, obviously planning is year round, but when is it like, hey, the rubber meets the road, it's go time? It's it's a pretty wild thing. I think um, just the fact that it's a temporary, you know, start with the fact that it's a temporary environment. So mm-hmm. um, we choose to build out the experience for guests, our players, our proud partners, whoever they may be, um, every year. Like it's it's not bricks and mortar. It's not a stadium. Right. Um, so Even though it feels like it sometimes. Even though it feels like it, it sometimes. It definitely feels like it. Um, so when we, we, we've evolved quite a bit. I mean, the, the total footprint, we had our largest build ever this year. So from a staging perspective, it's enormous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a major championship in Jacksonville every year. Um, whereas some of the other majors are, you know, they're rotating if you will. So just right. again, from a magnitude perspective, it's a pretty big deal. Um, and so we've kind of moved to this. We're, we're talking three, five years in advance at, at any one point in time. So um, the answer to your question is we start putting, you know, product starts loading into our parking lot on about October 15th, okay. give or take. So Jeez. we just, and if you do the math, like we just ended yeah. in March. In March. And That's so you need to decide what months. you're building, what you've sold, mm-hmm. and where you're going to end up by the following March, by October 15th. So it's this perpetual, again, the other joke is, oh, you taking, you know, do you take the next month off? Like month off. No, this is full time. <laughs> no. We don't stop. We it's, don't stop. But it's great. It's yeah. great. It's great. There's a lot of, um, a lot of tailwinds, a lot of enthusiasm for the property. And, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to take advantage of that. How do you continue to raise the bar every year for the experience? Like, I mean, wh- how do you guys do it? Cause I, I've gone for, for many years, I've got a different experience every year. And I've also participated in different areas, but every year it feels like the bar is raised. Um, three things, the organization prioritizing this event and getting behind it and putting, again, the full talent of the PGA Tour mm-hmm. in all of our operating areas behind the Tour's flagship event. I can get into all that if you want. But I think just over the course of the last five to six years to see the company and our volunteers you know, get behind it at an increasing level is, is you know, you're seeing the dividends yeah. of that. Um, um, how many volunteers does it take to run that so it's about 2,000. So we have 2, about 2,000 volunteers and they'll do everything from, you know, ecology. Yeah. Which is a fancy way of saying trash, <laughs> um, to, which is a true story, um, you know, to feeding volunteers mm-hmm. in our, uh, you know, in our uh, commissary areas to player services. I mean, there's, you know, 60 different endless. committees. It's endless. But 2,000 people. Um, I think what makes our group great is it's a recurring event. Again, it's a recurring major championship in the same city. The only mm-hmm. other, um, there's two other events that have been around a little bit longer. It's the Masters and it's the Memorial uh, up in Columbus, but we're all basically 50 years yeah. old, plus or minus. Um, so to have that recurring group of volunteers coming back, passing it down generationally, mm-hmm. it makes a big difference because we're accountable to our players, the, the athletes and their families, as well as our sponsors, mm-hmm. and making sure that those uh, groups have a great experience, pretty pretty critical. Yeah, and you know, I know there was uh, there's been a couple of changes as far as the date. 
you know, yeah. March, May, May, yeah. March, back and forth. Um, which one do you like better? March. Which, March. What's the reasoning behind that? Because I originally liked May. <laughs> okay well is that simple I, fought, I fought for me i was like oh we gotta we, we've we've you know again this is again pre-show we talked a little bit about um you know the topic of disruption mm-hmm. and industry change whatever it is uh, we were talking a little bit about grocery and amazon point is um at the time i felt very comfortable with as it, i was in a sales lead at that time and um this is kind of i think where we had a, an organizational shift from it, it, working hard to manage the status quo versus okay. working hard to change the industry. Okay. And um, that's probably not said exactly right, but I think you get the idea. Sure. You know, in, in May, we had gotten into this, okay, we, we, we figured it out. Um, we figured out how to build things in the shade and, you know, um, throw a lot of air conditioning out there and keep the drinks colder. And, um, uh, you know, Mother's Day was, was, a, was a, a big thing. Okay, so we embraced hit. it and yep. our players were all themed in, um, in, in pink mm-hmm. and we had charitable tie-ins and winners were thanking their moms. Okay, we, we got it. We figured, yeah. we kind of figured this thing out. And so that disruption of saying, all right, well, March, um, first quarter, great time sure. yeah, when you're, you know, ver, trying to get you're, sponsored, cor- trying to get, the money is not spent yet. It's still allocated. So that's a big, great one. time of year, um, unencumbered. So we have, you know, from a competitive perspective, it's the, um, you know, conference championships in in basketball. Yeah. That's a, about that, it. That's about it. Um, you have snow across, you know, half, st- barely, you know, barely getting out of that across half the country. Um, and then from a competitive perspective, overseeding, I'm going to talk about grass, don't lose me here, mm-hmm. um, is, you know, the idea of planting cold weather grass over the top of warm weather grass. Okay. That, that's basically what it is. And so the property looks better. Um, it plays as it was originally intended. So the course was designed for March. Okay. So the, you know, winds and weather patterns in March are different than they were in May. Absolutely. So when you start putting all of that together, um, March March turned out pretty good. Well, yeah, and you always get a wild card with that rain. You know, I mean, we did. We got a big wild card in 2022. Yeah, it did right, yeah. and and I feel like there was some other. I feel like 2021 on Friday again was a pour down, but it was it was early in the morning and it went all day. But um, you know, you definitely get your you definitely get your wild cards there, and if that's intended how it's supposed to be played, then you know, so be it. So be it. Yeah. So be it. But it's uh, it's definitely um, it's definitely from a competitive standpoint. It's also nice you have it right before the Masters too. Yo, thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but we are going to take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. And the team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family and I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender, and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com, www.boemortgage.com, because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. What was it like? And I'm sure you were tied very tight to, you know, the conversation about what is it like when a competitor enters the market that's new? Um, not really a threat, but wants to be a threat. How do you, how do you guys handle something like that? Well, I think there's, um, 
and our commissioner has made some you know, great comments about mm-hmm. um, how we've handled this at a very macro level. So I'll talk a little bit from a tournament operations perspective. Sure. Um, what you know, what I think is is uh, you know insightful or um, beneficial to me as an operator is we have seen some of these seeds of change coming for for quite some time. So, um, so this. Didn't but but, but what, what, I, what I mean by that is how we were changing our business. Okay. So if I can take a step back just to sure. clarify that. So if you look back four or five years, um, you know, and, and fast forward to eighteen months ago there has been a number of competitive changes, whether it's mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the organization, the schedule, the, you know, FedEx cup points and how those are, how those are, are built out, um, how we've brought in uh, technology to our game. So there, there have been these, you know, among other examples, um, you know, h- how we have evolved our product um, over the last four or five years. And I don't think it's, I think it's reasonable to say in the course of the last 18 months, we've, accelerated some of the change that we no doubt. organizationally have been talking about um, to combat that. And, yeah. you know, there's, again, other factors that contribute to it. A, you know, a new uh, broadcast relationship with NBC, CBS, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Golf Channel, as well as an ESPN Plus deal. You know, those partners um, believing in our product, our players saying, hey, we want to play for, um, you know, legacy in the best markets and the best cities, and in, including Jacksonville, um, you know, let's come, let's come together and figure out what's best for our fans and our business going forward. And I think you're again, starting to see the results of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and I think for those that probably saw the full swing series and that yeah. feels like everybody I know watched it. How big was that right before the players tournament that that came out? Um, I, I think it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, it, it's a, it's a, it was a fun show. Um, Quick aside, they, they they were here quite a bit in 2022, but okay. we had we had a lot of rain in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed so, they kept showing the same clips over and over. Yeah, again so they kept going back to that. But yeah. um, all, all kidding aside, that's that, that's what you get, and wow. um, kind of the unfettered access that um, the the tar- the tour and our players agreed to as part of that um, is pretty interesting. So to see again as an operator, as a marketer, um, you know, I, I know our players. I don't you know, hang out with them, but I know them well enough to know some, you know, the personalities and whatever my point is, is that to see them with cameras and being comfortable with cameras is, is pretty cool. The stories that are coming out about, you know, they're really humanizing uh, the players and their personalities is fantastic. And I think Joel Damon is probably your best example. Couldn't agree more. You're going to know a little bit about Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth Mm -hmm. beyond just their competitive, um, you know, uh, talents. But Joel Damon is a perfect example as why you do something like this. His story is fantastic. He overcome, talk about perseverance, um, and is a, is a great personality. And the gallery is watching him. He was surprised. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's like, you know, I've, I, I never imagined. He's I mean, like, there's a hundreds of people following him, right. if not more. Um, so I think that's probably your, your, your true litmus test of the success of it. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I, I think that he was definitely a fan favorite in that episode. Um, But the cool thing about that, that I, that going back to humanizing, I've got friends that could care less to watch golf. They're in episode one and they're like, I'm hooked. When's the next tournament? Can we come down for the players? And I think it brought a whole new fan base that, that probably never would have turned into golf that are now going to watch it and also want to come to tournaments and experience and look for those things they saw in the episode, which is really cool. I think. The, um, I agree. And, um, 
to see, and again, not everyone's going to win open mic night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so right. yeah, there's, there's fooling around, there's having fun. There's, you know, you know, the Justin Jordan, I mean, they've known each other. They've been friends for and it 20 showed. plus years and it showed. So as we go, cause we did announce green, um, green lighting season two during players championship this year, we did make that announcement. So there will be a second wow. season. Okay. I didn't know that. Um, That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So that'll, you know, they've already started shooting and well into shooting it. So to see some of that, you know, I'm not saying bro down, but some mm-hmm. of the bromance, whatever yeah. the words are, um, see some of that banter come out and, and that's always fun and entertaining. Um, but also again, bring out, um, a little bit more about how sometimes difficult and challenging it can be to be on tour. And, um, certainly there's means that, in, and again, resources that allow mm-hmm. some of these players convenience travel and otherwise, but, um, it is taxing on on families and personal and all the things that they do in the course of the week. You know, sometimes I leave those behind the scenes shows thinking like, when when do they have time to, you know, call call mom or dad, right? Or I don't know, even practice. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, mean right. I mean, seriously, um, you know, beyond it, it being in a you know com- warming up in a competitive environment, right. yeah, they they have less free time than I I think we all. Realize. Yeah, I think that show and I think that Tony Finau episode kind of screamed. Perfect exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, that, that was the talk of the town. We A lot of people were, were discussing that amongst ourselves when we were there at the tournament. And I think yeah. that was one of the ones that stood out. So and it's going back to this, uh, this, this competitor, if I may, mm-hmm. yep. you know, this is, uh, this is, is there anybody that you believe will want to, wants to come back and can come back from that? Or is that, that, is that line drawn in the sand? Um, whether I believe it or not is somewhat immaterial. I mean, it's Fair ultimately, um, you know, I'm not, you know, you'd have to ask them. It's yeah. kind of the, <laughs> yeah. somewhat of the answer, but, um, you know, again, getting back to how Commissioner Monahan has set it up that, um, you know, there, there's not a path back yeah. for those that have chosen yeah. to go a different route. Um, and I think in part, and he said this a little bit, is um, honoring or staying true to the to the players and the communities have said, I want to be a part of the PGA tour. Mm-hmm. And that's who we're going to focus on. And that's what we're going to yeah, focus on developing as, as we go forward. Yeah. No, yeah. I think it's a great thing. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot said about loyalty and there's a lot said about sure. wanting to build a legacy, right. And then yeah. chasing something else. Right. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, if you're chasing money, you're never going to have a career. You know, and I think that's the old adage we've heard for years and it probably showed up here in that decision as well. So, um, favorite TPC moment. Oh, this is the unscripted part, right? Yeah, this is the unscripted (laughs) part. It's always loved. I've always wondered. I was like, from um, from your position, favorite TPC moment. Oh, wow. Um, Sunday night at 630. Okay. Every Sunday when you're presenting the trophy, it is exactly. Um, you know, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of fun behind the, the closure of it. And I don't mean mm-hmm. like, okay, thank goodness it's over. But um, the, the culmination of knowing how hard people have worked to, to pull it off and to see fans have a great time. I agree. To see um, our volunteers be incredibly proud about what we can do for charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see the, the player and their family super stoked and excited. Right. All the reasons why you get involved to hear over the course of the week how you know business deals have gotten done and you know old friends saw one another and like you know had a great time with my kid got autographs like yeah all that kind of comes together at that moment on Sunday night and it's this um, again I don't know what it's like to you know win the World Series or to make that final putt like right. Scotty Scheffler but 
um, in our business, we do what we do for all of those reasons. Well said. And that that's that's kind of fun. Yeah, you know, I think I always like hearing people's favorite part of the tournament or their moment. I always yeah. call it their TPC moment. Yeah. And everybody has one. Yeah. You know, such and such gave me this ball or I got a high five or if you're there on Tuesday, the autographs. And I've always I've always appreciated how like this tournament, the players embrace that as well. Like, I mean, they're like, yeah, we're going to go have a great time on uh, excuse me, on Tuesday and we're going to sign. And they always make sure all the kids yeah. get taken care of. And um, everybody has a really cool time out there. And I, you know, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I think when Carter was like, I'm, I'm going to say like six years old, the, the year, um, what year did Tiger win in 2016? He won in, well, the last um, time si- he won. yeah, 16. 16. Yeah. 16. So, you know, it's the uh, second time. Yeah, yeah. So it's the Saturday of, of, of this. And my son, obviously like a lot of people wanted to see Tiger. Yeah. So we walk up to one, I think it was like, I think it was like whole six. And we're like, we're just going to pick up here and we'll follow the thousands of people that are following him. So we're pushing our way to the green. And I think Tiger has like a security guard that walks with him. He does. He does. So the security guard, <laughs> correct. The security guard, which is a bigger man, sees that my son is trying to look over people my size and your size. Yeah. And he's like, hey, is that your boy? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, get him up here to the ropes real quick. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, and he pulls him under the ropes. And he goes, right here, rule, two rules, no autographs, no high fives. Yeah. You know, six-year-old, oh, okay, doesn't understand what's going yeah. on. And Tiger, uh, hits a significant birdie and he points to the security guard and the security guard goes, okay, he wants to know, are you okay with your son going to the next green? You can't go, but I'll take him. And I'm like, You're I, right, I haven't wife, heard the story. I looked at my wife and I'm like, um, oh, okay. And she's like, yeah, he's like, just follow from behind, but I can't do this. I can't pull you out there. Okay, no problem. So we're racing to get to the green. So he gets Carter up to the green. And then this time, instead of being like by the ropes, he, he is on the green significantly on the green at this point. Tiger sinks another birdie. Much closer, but sinks another one. Point again. We go to the next hole. This no whole way. thing continues for three holes as he hits these birdies. And then he finally pars a hole, and he walks up to my son. I'll never forget. I'm right there. Puts his hand on his head, rubs his hat, and goes, great run, man. I appreciate it all. And <laughs> walks right awesome. on by. And That's it was awesome. so cool, you know, for my son to experience that. And we were getting phone calls from family. Is Carter on the green of- Is he supposed to be there? <laughs> did he get under the ropes at the TPC? And it was just like, yeah, it was a cool moment. It wow. was a really cool moment. And for Tyler to acknowledge that. And then he was paired with DJ that day. So it was wow. even, you know, you got the best of both worlds right there at that time. You're right. You had, you had not shared that. Um, that that's, oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was an amazing story. But I think it kind of speaks to the character of some of these people behind the scenes that you don't yeah. get to see these, yeah. these huge powerhouses. And uh, it was a really cool moment. And everybody has a story at some level like that with a right. player. And I think that's what makes the TPC so special. It's great and, for our, it's awesome for our community. And yeah, um, you know, for those that you know haven't been before that don't live here, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a perfect example of, um, you know, how in, engaging and endearing our players can be. And again, mm-hmm. not everybody's like that. I mean, it's, they are working, by the right. way. But, um, you know, the atmosphere here um, and just kind of the, the the way the property is is laid out um, is not only great for fans, but, you know, gives our players an opportunity to engage with fans. So yeah. that's awesome. It's Good very, very cool. It's uh, Yeah, it was a moment. You still have the hat? Yeah, he, well, it wasn't <laughs> Oh, yeah, hat that he touched. Yeah. He also got DJ's glove and a couple okay. of things All afterwards. Right. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a whole other thing. But it was really, really cool. And just a, um, you know, in my opinion, a special moment. That's cool. For, for the for him, obviously for us too, but yeah. especially for him. That's so, great. Well, you know, Jared, we always uh, wrap up the show with one question, final mm. question here. You know, what's your one more, name of the show, what's your one more thing you're looking to accomplish? What's your one more thing that uh, you're, you're looking to next step or accomplish or pass on? 
That's um, that's a tough one. Yeah, and I know it was. I know it was, was coming. coming. Um, here was and the I, you know, part. I could I could have done the uh, you know, the the business side of it. And uh, again, we were talking a little bit mm -hmm. pre-show. So, um, you know, the, here's what I would I would answer it. I would say, um, you know, I wish I could do you know, um, read a bedtime story to my kids one more time. And, um, but I think, and when I think about that moment, mm -hmm. I think it, it, it really ties into, um, you know, priorities in life, um, you know, being in the moment, um, uh, you know, being present, um, again, personally or professionally, so sure. um, and, and, and realizing that, uh, which I love the question is there may not be that again. So right. are you, are you present? Are you engaged? Are you intentional? Um, and take the time to do those things. Um, so I'm not to get all yeah. sappy here at no, the man, end, I think but we could all, I think <laughs> like, we could but, all use but that. the idea yeah. of being, uh, you know, intentional and, and a little bit more present, um, is, is the parallel I'm trying. Yeah. To. And I think we all can have a little bit more of that in our lives, you know? Sure. And, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that, you know, we, we both got kids in very similar ages. Yeah. Uh, actually we got one of each that's the exact same age yeah. and, you know, uh, and two, they're about a year apart, but I totally agree with you and understand exactly where you're coming from on that. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. Also, thanks for being on the show today. Loved Appreciate it. your time. Uh, I know you got to get on the road and get to the masters here. Have a wonderful time at that. Do you have, you have a player that you're picking to win this one? Ooh, um, that's a good question. I, hard to, hard to, you know, not pick, uh, the players champion, yeah, Scotty Scheffler. He, yeah, uh, he, he went up North after he won players to, to get a quick, uh, practice round. So he's, he's the hot hand. I know it's not some big breakthrough, but, right. uh, hard not to yeah. look for him. It's probably the, yeah, I think it's the conservative slash popular pick right now. So <laughs> I'll, totally I'll go with that. Absolutely. Jared, thanks for being on the show again. If you guys if you like what you're hearing, please share the podcast, five star rate us, leave us a comment on here. Check us out on our socials at what's your right. one more with the number one. Um, Jared, thank you again. Appreciate your time and uh, just appreciate you having me on the show. Awesome. Be good. Got one more shot, I'm gonna make it. One more chance, I'm gonna take it. I meant it when I said it, now it's time for me to do it. I got one life to live, so I put all into it. Yeah.